to the Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. Good to have you on the show today. Uh, we're talking NASCAR once again. The next round is set. We have eight guys left going for the championship. Four races to get there. Three in this round, and then we'll cut it down to the final four. Then we'll be in Phoenix. So, lots going on. It's uh, Literally, it's, we'll be in Phoenix. Yeah, we will literally be there. Us, right here. Um, <laughs> so, joining me on the show, you just heard from Amos. Amos, how are you? Great. I'll be happy to be in Phoenix if it's better weather than what we're experiencing today. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could think... Uh, all of us would agree with that one. <laughs> uh, and Chris, you're here as well, showing up late, but you're you're here. Hey, I made it. <laughs> I feel really fortunate just to have made it. Mm, okay, good. Amos, let me say in advance, congratulations. To what? On your win this week, last oh, week. Oh, yeah, Kyle Larson? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, it's just playing coy with you guys, so. Is that what it was? Now I'm going to start crushing you. I got to find the paper for that anyways. All right, so we're going to talk about the Roval, what a snoozer it was, <laughs> of course. Cause, it wasn't a snoozer. Oh, it wasn't a snoozer, Chris says. Um, well, everyone knows my bias out there about that race already. So uh, we already had the winner, like Chris said, so I guess we don't even have to talk about the race, right, Chris? Yeah, we can just move on. Just move right on. Okay. Let's make our picks for next week and go home. <laughs> oh, wait have a minute. A, I'm already home. Have a five-minute show in this one. All right, so let's get to this race, Chris. Um, what's your words to describe the race, if any? Uh, what did you see? You know, let's just get into the start of it here. Uh, it was intriguing to me. Intriguing. Okay, why? I wanted to, well, okay, let me back up. It was intriguing to me because Kyle Larson had his share of problems early on in the race. They had an alternator belt come off. Yep. He was losing battery voltage at a pretty high rate. They came in, I can't remember what segment it was, but they came in at the green-white checker of one segment. Uh, the crewman that put that belt on, I mean, talk about being cool under pressure because he was under a ton of pressure to get that belt on and not mess up, which he did. And Kyle Larson came out and fought his way, literally and figuratively, to a race win. Yeah, that's what you like to see, I guess. Um, yep. What about you, Amos? I know we didn't watch much of the race, but uh, your one word or a couple words to describe this one? My like for Kevin Harvick is dropping with each <laughs> passing race. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, anyway, okay. That's... Um, I didn't see what happened there. We caught the first part, first little bit of the race, but... Uh, he punted Elliott into the wall. Yeah, that's what I seen in replays, so... I don't know that he needed to, or intended to punt him clear into the wall, but he definitely got into it. I think if Harvick had his choice, he would have just drug him out of the car and beat him, from the sounds of it. But uh, <laughs> Probably. Yeah, no, I don't. I seemed like it was a pretty par race as far as uh, for most guys. Few uh, ups and downs. It sounded like some people that were on their on pins and needles as to whether they were going to advance or not. So I think we were pretty close on our picks and yeah, had a good idea of who was coming in, who would need to do what. So I think the race kind of went. Obviously, because I picked the winner like I expected. So, <laughs> like you, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, what Amos is getting at is if he picks the right person, 
then it was just it's everything he thought it would be, huh? <laughs> yes. So but, what about when you don't? Is it just a complete debacle? Like, man, you're just so surprised every time? Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, sometimes when I'm way off, it's like, man, that was not close. All right. Um, so let's talk about um, some of the finishing results. I mean, obviously, we already talked a little bit about Larson. Um, but some uncharacteristic finishes from some guys in this race, even some guys that weren't really in the playoffs. Um, but guys not in the playoffs that recorded top tens here, Tyler Reddick, Chris Buescher, uh, Matt Benedetto. I'm glad Matty D really decided to hit this half of the season hard because it didn't matter for him. Um, I don't know. Does anyone else find it funny that he, like, it seemed like after the halfway point in the year, when he kind of looked out of it points-wise, he was like, oh, I better start racing. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of been a constant theme from him. Um, but what did you make of, you know, Chris Buescher, Tyler Reddick being two guys that weren't really in the hunt here, Amos, and uh, having pretty decent days, finishing second and third? Well, I don't think Tyler Reddick's a huge surprise to be finishing. I mean, maybe second's a surprise, but top 10, top five at a road course. I'm not surprised that he did well. It's just he's maybe he's going to finish strong kind of set up the start of next season for some good luck but he had a real rough stretch going <laughs> for a while so yeah um i think it's it's a good to see that they can still kind of rebound they don't have a lot to race for other than just you know straight up wins and pride so nice run by reddick so it was kind of kind of cool to see most of the top 10 was littered with playoff guys but it's nice to see some non-playoff guys jump in there and mix things up a little bit, make it a little harder for the big teams and the guys in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Not make it as so stale sometimes, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, Chris, what did you think of Kyle Busch, man, your guy? You talked about him needing momentum last week and needing just race his race. Do you think he did that, or what do you think? I mean, fourth-place finish, led 22 laps, uh, pretty good day from him. And moved up to fifth overall in the standings. Yeah. Uh, from, what was he, 8th or ninth? Really, like, put himself in a safe place, right? Well, safer place. Well, he didn't get eliminated. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get eliminated. He he did what he had to do. He led laps. He uh, had a, a good car the whole day. Uh, I thought that he didn't beat himself on pit road like he's been doing lately. Um, I think, all in all, he had a pretty good race. Yeah. I was a little disappointed with his you know, final finishing position, but that was only because uh, they had they didn't they didn't have a sound race strategy there towards the end, in my estimation. So, do you think this carries momentum over for him to the next round? I mean, we're going to talk about some of the guys that advance, but he is moving on. You got to feel pretty confident if you're Kyle Busch going to these next three races before a potential chance at a championship in Phoenix. Well, let me put it to you this way: if he is in the final four going into Phoenix. Yeah. He's going to be a definite factor in the championship. Because of the race track or just in general? I think it's his style of track. Mm-hmm. Um number 1, but I think also, you know, he he will rise to the occasion, shall we say, uh when he if he's in that final four. Amos, do you agree with that assessment? I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if he finish the season as the champion, but I don't know that he's had a season of 
I'm not dissing on Chris when he says how he said it, but I, I don't know that he's had the season of rising to the occasion in my estimation. I think Hendricks is – or not Hendrick, sorry. Joe Gibbs is what they filled the three cars in the final eight, right? Right. Truex, Hamlin, Bush. I just don't feel like of them three, Bush has been the most consistent throughout the year. I think he's really had some major ups and downs. So I, although I agree with Chris, I think he'll probably make it to the top four. I'm pretty sure I have him picked to go there. But I think it's going to be – I don't know that he'll rise. I think he's going to have to have some stars lined to help him. All right. Well, we'll talk more about, you know, who made the cut and who we expect to move on. Um, but do you, does anyone else want to mention anything from this race as far as finishing spots go? Um, there's a couple other things I want to talk about. But – you know, I, those are some of the finishing spots I want to talk about. Anyone else, Chris, you want to point out any finishing spots specifically? Well, you know, William Byron was having a really good race, and I think it was a racing incident. I don't think it was anything malicious on anybody's part. Mm-hmm. But basically they were going into the, I don't know what they call it, the bootleg or whatever on the back stretch, and Basically, uh, I don't even remember who it was. Anyway, a couple was, of guys got wasn't into it. Wasn't it Reddick? Yeah, it could have been. Because I think, they, yeah, I think talked, it was they talked after the race. Yeah, yeah it was Reddick. But anyway, he basically uh, had an incident with William Byron, and pretty much that took away Byron's chances for moving on. Well, he had to He had to win that race, like no, no doubt, right? So yeah. I think he was definitely pushing it pretty hard and, and trying to go for it towards the end. He actually was putting himself in a fine position. I mean, I mean, he was running third when that happened, right? So, and I but, guess potentially could have moved up. I don't know. He yeah. would have had to contend well, with Kyle Larson. So he, he would have had to win the race to move on for sure. But still, it, it would have been nicer probably for him to finish second and just barely miss it instead of have what happened to him. So, um, Amos, did you want to bring up anyone in particular? I know we're going to talk about your guy here in a minute, but uh. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> um, just I just want to point out Joey Logano finished seventh. Yep, I'm telling you, dude, he's he's a sleeper. Like he's okay. not, but he is, <laughs> right? Like he's just no. I'd say he is because he's, he's not just really right there. He's not running. Yeah, top fives competing for wins. He's probably not leading a lot of laps. Doesn't he led what four laps? It looks like so four laps. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I'm telling you, it's like a really Joey Logano esque type chase so <laughs> okay well we're gonna see i mean i would say he is a dark horse or you know a sleeper because he's only got one win all season he hasn't really he hasn't won a race in the playoffs yet right and he hasn't looked that impressive to win a race but he's been hanging around and finishing in good positions so all right um the other other than that i think we'll get on to this harvick elliott situation uh, we'll knock that one out here. Chris, what do you make of that whole situation? Is it over? Is it still going to continue? If Harvick's got any kind of sense of self-survival, <laughs> it's okay. going to be over. Because if he takes Chase Elliott out of a race, a critical race with Elliott in the lead or potentially advancing to the Final Four, yeah. if he takes him out of that race, I think Harvick's... I won't say his days in NASCAR are numbered, but I think he's not going to like life well, I think, after the fact. I think his days in NASCAR are numbered, though. I mean, he's getting up there in age. Well, um, true. But so, then the other thing yeah. is, too, I think Chase Elliott is so far into Harvick's head right now that it's just unbelievable because 
he was coming up on him there, you know, in the final laps, and Harvick just flat drove it into the wall. I mean, there's just oh yeah, Elliot yeah, didn't touch him out, in any yeah. way, but he was behind him, and I think Harvick, I think, I think Harvick <laughs> spots are basically said the nine's behind you, and it's like Kevin just totally lost it and drove it right into the wall. In my mind, all right. So you think it's affecting Harvick more than Elliot the whole situation? Oh, I, I think Elliot is definitely into Harvick's head. All right, so we kind of saw, obviously, Harvick spin Elliott out and put him in the wall and get some damage uh, done to his back end there, and he had to come in. He was all taped up and kind of looked hokey. He actually got back out and finished in a decent spot of 12th. Um, I think he would have had a better chance on the day if it wasn't for the, that potential uh, collision or however you want to phrase it. Um, so, Amos, we know who you like on the show here. We know you're a Chase Elliott fan. What did you make of like the contact between the two of them, that part of it, not really necessarily the feud? I think Carvick's chicken shit. Okay. Um, okay. He, you know, I was trying to be a little more diplomatic, but okay. But there's, there's no other way to put it. Harvick started this. I mean, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here, okay? Yeah. To Bristol. Chase Elliott had the best car at Bristol. End of discussion. They got into lap traffic. Harvick was racing for the win. I'm fine with that. Get in deep, let your car slide, whatever. He got too deep, slid too far, cut Chase Elliott's tire, put him out of the contention for the win. Of course, Chase Elliott's going to come down pit road, change four tires. He was the best car in the field. So, of Mm. course, he's going to come back out and be fast. He just happened to come out where Harvick was. Harvick should have passed him, went on and went on to win the race. Instead, he boobed about it. He sat there. He played, stayed behind Harvick. He let, or uh, Elliot, he let Larson catch up and pass him. Harvick lost that race in Bristol. Sure, did they play mind games with each other? Yes. But let's not forget, that was Harvick's fault. Elliot come out on the losing end of that deal. Not Harvick. Okay? Yeah, I mean, they, they beat each other, right? Because yeah. Larson won the race at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yes, they both moved on, okay? My opinion, what Harvick did, it's just flat out chicken shit. What, at the Roval yeah, this weekend? Yeah, yeah. and that's, sure. that's hard for me to stomach because that's not Kevin Harvick, in my opinion. I don't know why he would do that. Like, why do you just blatantly wreck the guy Ruin literally his chance to move on because, like, if if Harvick had to wrecked out, Elliot would have been out. Harvick would have moved on, more or less, kind of how I took it. So yeah, there, there. Well, but Elliot, even if Harvick would have not wrecked out, it looked like Elliot was going to pass him and probably take his position and, and, and still move win. on. So yeah, but and, yeah, what you're saying is like, if that wreck is worse on Elliot's end, yeah, then he can't move on to the next round, and Harvick would get that spot and exactly. And it is kind of like, oh, well, Harvick took someone out to kind of steal their spot. Um, I know but that's that there not was what quite he did. Few, he took well, him out because he's a crybaby. He didn't take him sure. out so he could move on. Right. He took him out because three races ago he wrecked Elliott and then cried because he couldn't finish the race in first right. and felt like he got screwed out of the race. My opinion, that's not how it happened, but whatever. I just feel like I'm kind of with Chris here. Like, I know Kevin Harvick's the elder statesman in NASCAR right now, and he, all this. I've watched <laughs> Harvick's <laughs> I've watched Harvick's entire NAS Cup career. I like the guy. But this is not Kevin Harvick. Yeah. Like feud all you want, have a war of words, 
But what he did Sunday at the Roval, I just I don't agree with it. He's not he's not Dale Earnhardt. He's not that's we're not in that era of racing anymore. There's too much on the line for everybody involved. Just race. Right. And I agree with Chris. He's in his Harvick's scared to death of well, he's not scared to death, but he knows he's in trouble. And he just keeps <laughs> digging himself a bigger hole, yeah. in my opinion. Well, so I mean Yeah. I, I would agree. And, I would agree. And I'm not saying that Elliot is squeaky clean in the whole deal. Because yep. he does get into his share of ruffling feathers. I I'm I'm well aware of that. But seems like he's on the receiving end of a lot of stuff too, though. I mean Right. But and maybe maybe he does <laughs> paint himself with a target. I'm not saying he doesn't, okay? But in this deal with Harvick, in my opinion, mm. Harvick is being the bigger baby, you know, after but but on top of all that, justice was served. Harvick blew up, he's out, Elliot's yeah. moving on. His team did a great job to put him in a position to move on, regardless of what happened to Harvick. So, hey, you know, kudos to the nine. So Yeah. So do you think the, the feud's over now that Harvick's out of the playoffs? or So I read continues. an article. I read an article on NASCAR.com. They interviewed Hendrick, and he basically said, NASCAR will take care of it. So in my opinion, he's telling NASCAR, Look, you need to get these two under control. You're the only ones that can do it. It sounds like NASCAR is going to have a meeting with Elliot and Harvick, whether it's together or individually, and try and get get things resolved before they move on to the next race. So I think if NASCAR puts down the law and then somebody steps outside the bounds, yeah, it's going to be bad, though. I think there'll be some major repercussions on NASCARs from NASCAR. So yeah. I, for the most part, hope it's over. I like a good rivalry, but let's let's be smart about what you do, you know? So, But it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what NASCAR I just, does. I just read this awesome headline from an article. Okay, so um, it's, I would say it's probably over. I didn't enjoy the comments Harvick made about... Sometimes real you life. learn, yeah, you learn hard lessons. Yeah, in life real life or teaches you lessons. Um, I thought that was distasteful. I didn't enjoy hearing the scanner of Elliot's team talking about, "Oh, Rick Harvick, if you get the chance, like let's just race clean. Whoever wins, whoever's the best at the end of the day, that's that's who should win." Um, Elliot I needs don't, to work on his dissing, though. Yeah, merry off season and happy Christmas. I think he got a little, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, happy I thought, off season, merry Christmas type deal, but you know. I He's thought that work was a good line there. as far as, like, just, like, they, they asked him about it, and he just said, yeah, like, happy offseason. Like, it was good. It was kind of subtle, but you got what he was saying, right? So it worked out in the end um, as far as what I think should have happened, too, right? I think Harvick put him in the wall, and Elliot moved on. So um, does anyone else, Chris, do you want to say anything else about the situation, or did Amos cover a lot of it there? Oh, uh, I think we probably beat that one to death yeah we probably I mean, we could we go on longer i'm sure dug that hole and build it back in yeah. all right so uh let's finish up on talking about the roval race itself as far as the winner goes uh let's see kyle larson with the race win was this now seven wins on the season i eight technically if you count texas right yeah but Se- seven yeah. wins on the season don't yeah. necessarily count texas so um, but what you get a million dollars from that one, so sure. But what seven race, wins and a million dollars? But what race is coming up in the next three? Texas, yeah. right? So, so what does this do for Kyle Larson? I mean, seven wins where we know the whole shtick, right? 
kids on fire, kids doing a lot of good, uh, battled adversity in this race, got the win at the end of the day. Chris, what would you say this race does for his confidence moving forward, or if anything, does it? Well, I don't think Kyle Larson needed a big boost to his confidence, but who, what I will say is, yeah. is it boosted the confidence that his team has in their ability to take a car, an injured automobile, and put it back together and bring it to the win. And so from the sense that of this victory, this is, this is a team builder. This is, you know, this is going to give them a confidence level that's off the charts going forward in the next four races, so in my mind. Do you think that this also helps Hendrick out, like the organization maybe? I know, I know two of their drivers got eliminated. We're going to talk about that coming up. But as far as Chase Elliott having a decent recovering day, even though he got kind of screwed, and then Larson winning the race, it's got to feel pretty good for Hendrick as an organization, right? I, I think it it verifies that that they are doing that their program is is sound, and that they're doing the right things at the right time. Yeah, and and I think that maybe they had a little bit of a confidence problem going in because let's face it, Kyle Larson's kind of had, granted he won Bristol, but he's kind of had some struggles. He's kind of had some. Right. I don't know. Well, this round has not been like this round of playoff races has not been like the last round, right? Like, yeah, exactly. He won two of those three in the last round. This one, he did win this this race in Charlotte, but there's a lot of other factors, people struggling, him struggling himself, and then running uh, running back to win. So, but Las Vegas, um, you know, he did good out there. Did he win? No. Talladega. Obviously, he wrecked out and lost all this momentum as far as points go. So, I feel like this race was good for him to kind of maybe get back on track. I mean, if you can even say that. The guy's got seven wins. He's got more double the amount of wins than the next guy to him. So, <laughs> if we can say it's a mental victory, I think it is a mental victory. Um, Amos, were you surprised? I mean, I know you picked him, and it kind of seems like there's two guys that are road course kings right now. So were you surprised that Larson won the race, even though you picked him? Yes and no. I mean, I I echo what Chris is saying. Yes, Larson won the race, but his team won him the race. They put him in the position to be able to capitalize on his driving ability. Um, I I guess the reason I picked Larson is we could say he was due for a race, but they just seem like the team that's – they get a couple bad races, they hit adversity, then they're kind of like, okay, guys, you know, let's let's reset, figure out what's going on, and then they come out and have a strong finish, win, top five, whatever, lead a bunch of laps. So, yeah, was he due? Sure, because he had a couple so-so races or whatever. Yeah. But he's just kind of having, in my opinion, what would be considered a championship season. They've hit their stride at the times that they need to. They've been pretty consistent all through the years. The regular season points champion. He's winning races in the chase. They're running top fives. Yeah, I mean, when he wrecks, it's – or he has a bad finish. It's usually pretty bad. Yeah, it is. But um, <laughs> I just feel like he's kind of – I'm not com- at all comparing him to Jimmy Johnson, but I can't really – it's hard to for me to, like, say, you know, look at Richard Petty – Dale Earnhardt, guys like that. I didn't really see a lot of their racing and how they were when they were winning multiple championships. But, you know, Jimmy Johnson was a great driver. Chad Knauss was a great crew chief. They had a great team. That combination is what made it him a seven-time champion. So I think 
Kyle Larson has the makings to win multiple championships as it stands now, right. and he kind of has the team around him to do that, the organization, the structure. So, yeah, William Byron and Alex Bowman were bumped from the next round. Chase Elliott was on the verge, but that team fixed and pulled through. So I agree with Chris. Like, Hendricks just kind of in that – they're just kind of in that mode right now where they're able to do what they need to do to move on to the next and – somebody seems to be hitting their stride or doing well or capitalizing when they have to. Well, so. and was it not for bad luck, Byron probably would have been moving on into this next round too. So maybe in all likelihood, if he won though, he had to win, right? Well, no, but like I'm talking going back to oh, Vegas, sure. you know, he had his struggles in Vegas and then he, and then he got wrecked out in Talladega. So if he would have had maybe a more typical William Byron two races there, he probably would have found himself sure. in a better position and he could have moved on to the next round instead of probably like Kislovsky, right? Yeah. So I think that even though Hendrick missed those two cars, really Byron has been a top eight guy all season. So, um, And then I got to correct myself. I said Larson won two races in the last round. He only won the one because right. so, he finished second. But he's won a race in every round. Right, that right. is true. That is true. Well, then they pointed out something on um, Sirius XM, the post-race show, that I didn't realize either. And I mean, I don't know why we wouldn't, but... He's a seven-time winner and a six-time second-place finisher. So 13 races mm. he's finished in the top two this season. That's pretty dang good. It's almost half of yeah, the races, right? Exactly. So it's pretty you're, good. You know, that's kind of what you need to be doing when you're wanting to have a championship run. Well, and so. then I wonder how many like just top threes in general he has. You know, that's, right, right. And we could go through and research yeah, that yeah, pretty sure easy. But. Well, point being, though, he's just been so dominant. So, I mean, right. and even though he didn't win as ma- uh, lead as many laps this time around and you know, maybe got a little lucky sure. <laughs> with Elliot but, having yeah. his problems and stuff, because um, he didn't really get a chance to challenge. I don't, I don't know if he would say. So, you gotta take him when you can get him, and I think this was a good one for Larson. All right, let's let's talk about who missed the cut this time around, guys. Uh, four drivers get eliminated. We already kind of talked about William Byron. Um, so, does anyone else want to add anything to William Byron missing the cut, Chris? No, I mean, he literally went into this Roval race with. He had to win. He had to win. He had to win. And you made the point that he'd had two pretty bad races with Las Vegas and Talladega. And, you know, it's like any sports, uh, you know, achievement or effort that you want to put in. You know, you don't want to put yourself in the situation where you've got to have that last-second field goal. You've got to have that last-second two-pointer. You've got to have, you know, a shot on goal if you're in hockey. I mean, Byron basically stuck himself into this position to where he had to win, and it's never a really good opportunity no. you know, when you're there. No, it's not, and especially in this sport, too, because yeah, it's so exactly. hard to win a race. Well, you got 40 guys out there. Yeah. That, and that oh. their, their goal is to win the race, you know? So. Right, and more than half of them realistically can every single time, right? Yes, exactly. So you're competing against a bunch of guys. It's it's a very difficult sport. All right, Um. William, uh, so William Byron misses the cut. Alex Bowman, his Hendrick teammate, misses the cut. Um, I don't know, like, if I would say it's very surprising that he missed the cut here in this round, uh, even though he won three, four races, right? However many he ended up winning. Um, I kind of lost count because it was just kind of like some weird fluky wins that he had, it felt like. He had three wins on the season. Three wins. So I, I think that it's not surprising for me that he missed in this cut. Um, just because of how inconsistent he was. Would you disagree with that, Chris? No, not at all. I mean, 
and that's been kind of a frustrating thing for me to watch Alec Bowman. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of his, but it's been the inconsistency that's just frustrated the crap out of me in the sense that, you know, here you are, you're in the biggest, best organization, arguably, in NASCAR. Yeah. And you can't put together, can't put together even top tens. Yeah. Just the consistency know? factor. Yeah. I mean, really, since the playoffs started, it hadn't been there. He got maybe a little lucky to move on even to this round <laughs> when it's all said and done. I mean, he's got three wins on the season, 15 top tens. And this is what the one that I think really tells you. He's only got seven top fives. Well, three yeah. of those would have been wins. So he's really only got four top fives. Yeah, it's not great. And it's it's not the kind of season you have if you're going to be a consistent winner. Sure. It's the type of season you have, then you look back and you say, oh, that was a pretty good season. We won races, but you're not going to win championships like that most of the time. So yeah. um, so he was a consensus pick by all of us, so that was pretty good. And then I'm the only one that picked William Byron, um, just going back to that one. And then, uh, Amos, you were the only one that picked Kevin Harvick. He was our other guy to miss here. I, I'm surprised, I guess I could say. I think he's – Harvick himself is a top-eight driver, I don't think his car was even a top 12 driver for most of the year, though. Um, would you agree with that assessment or oh, add anything sure. to it? I mean, I think Harvick himself is a top four driver. Like oh, okay. He should be racing for championships. He has the experience. He's at a phenomenal organization, multiple championship team owner, multiple championships as an organization. So to see him get bumped out in the round of 12 is... A little surprising, especially considered the year that they had last year. He's been a top t- five driver. His car's been a top 15 car yeah. all year. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they've kind of averaged themselves out to be bumped in the round of 12. So, I don't know. I, I hate to say or see, but maybe we're kind of watching Harvick kind of start to get to the twilight mm. of his career. He's still got some good years left. I think this is the first time in 20 years that he hasn't had a cup victory, isn't it? Well, like he's I had mean, at least one. Well, he'll have four more chances. So Sure, but I mean... It won't matter for sure, but... Well, it'll still keep his streak light, yeah, but I feel yeah. like it'll be very surprising if he doesn't get a win. I don't think he will. Um, he could win Kansas, right? Maybe, I mean, but I just don't... I, the team's just not performing No, at a level where they can pull out a win in the next four for me. So, so. Chris, how much of the of Kevin Harvick missing the cut do you actually put at the feet of the team at Stuart Haas's feet? I mean, I don't know if you can really blame Kevin Harvick because he, it's like Amos said, he took a 15th place car and turned it into top seven, top eight type of car for most of the races, right? Like, if you look at his finishes, he finished a lot of races in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. That's just not well, going to get the job done. I kind of disagree with your assertion that it's more of a team problem than a Harvick problem. Really? Okay. Because I'm looking at the Roval, and I'm looking what happened at the Roval. And the reality is, is Harvick put himself out of the chase because he let Elliott get in his head. Mm. And, I mean, there was no reason for him to overdrive that corner. There was not a reason in the world for him to overdrive that corner, except in his mind he was thinking, oh, crap. Elliot's going to put the bumper to me as I go into this turn. And Elliot, I mean, he never touched him. He was, yeah. you know, it was as clean as it could be, and Harvick just overdrove it. Well, okay, we can say that for that race. But going back throughout the season, I mean, Stuart Haas wasn't giving him the equipment. But, but that's the whole point. Harvick drove equipment that wasn't really there for the entire season up mm-hmm. until the Robo. 
and it, and at the roval he just blew it. Well, it did help that he wrecked the guy right earlier in the race. <laughs> well, no, but that's my whole point. You All know? right, so you put it more on Kevin Harvick then. I do. All right, because he had a competitive car. Mm-hmm. He was capable of finishing high enough to get himself to move on. And really, I think all he had to do was just beat Elliot. Stay in front of him. <laughs> yeah, stay in front of him. So do you think he uh, think he wins one of these next four races, the last four races of the year? Or I don't know. very unlikely. I, I don't know. I mean, it depends on whether or not he's if, – if he's a smart person, he's going to race to win. He's not going to let this Elliot feud continue to – Simmer, you know. Yeah. I, I'd like. I mean, I'd love to see him win a race because I think that would, you know, it would be the ultimate statement. Yeah, I can win these races. Yeah. I don't look for him to win at Texas because, you know, that I don't know though. He's won at Texas in the past, I believe. Yeah. I just, you know, it's it's statement time, and if you want to get right down to it. And, and I think Harvick needs to concentrate more on making a statement like, I'm still a competitive driver. I'm out of this thing because I didn't have a good race at, Ro- at Charlotte, but I'm a competitor. I can be there. Well, okay, but kind of to expand on Ty's question, is that the organization still has to put a car underneath him week in and week out, not just at the Roval, not just an elimination race, right? Yeah. So if – the organization had been on their game throughout the entire year, he would be running top fives instead of eighth to sixteenth. Well, and he just he probably been, would be a yeah. higher in a higher points position going into this and not have to worry about whether he's gonna get his ass run over by Elliot right. or not. Well that's what I mostly think, right? Is like his team, his organization, didn't put him in the spot early in the season right. to then have late season success. So what did they? So, did Stuart Haas only had one victory. Has only had one victory thus far. Uh, Eric Amarola, Eric, right? Eric Amarola, Which was yeah. the flukiest fluke of all right. flukes this I mean, season. It was, it was as big a fluke as Bubba Wallace's win at Talladega. It sure. was Michael McDowell levels, honestly. Yeah, really. So <laughs> I mean, so in in general, you know, so I think in we can say in consensus, Harvick is a championship driver. He made a mistake that put him out of this elimination race. Yeah. Would he have moved on and, and, and been able to compete for a championship? No, I no, I don't think so because the organization has not given him good enough cars to compete at the next three races. Well, there's a lot there's a lot of blame game going on right now because of Harvick's elimination and and I heard uh, on Sirius radio you know, there's a lot of people pointing the finger at Tony Stewart and saying, well, if you'd have been at the track, things would have been different. The problem with that is, and Stewart answered it this way, you know, I hire the best people in the business to put these cars on the track. My being there doesn't make any difference. I'm not the guy calling the setups. I'm not the guy calling the pit strategy. And so as as an organization... And we've talked about it, you know, missing data points the whole thing through the year. As an organization, they've been off two steps right. the entire season, and they're not getting it back under control. Now, will they Will they improve in the next four races? Who knows? I doubt it. I, I agree. Well, now that they're out, it almost feels like they'll just bag the season and go on to the to the next gen I, car, I, right? I, I can't. Which, We'll talk about coming up later in the show. I can't I, see him. I can't see him bagging the season. I really can't. Mm. Well, I don't think. Him. I don't think Harvick as a driver wants to bag the season. But I'm 
Well, what else does what else does Stuart Haas have to do? You know, sure, well, but all their guys are out. They've won one race. It's been he, a disaster class the whole sure, entire year. But Harvick's pride's not going to let him just walk away from it. Like he's well, he's got at least I I don't know maybe that, I'm that's wrong. Fair to say, I but mean, if the car's not under the guy, sure, what's he going to do? I, I agree know? with that. So, but he's going to do what he can to try and win a race. He's yeah, got but, a, uh, a streak, and he is Kevin Harvick. So. To to go on Amos's thing here. He's still going to finish no worse than eighth if he maintains what he's been doing all season. Ninth. Ninth. Oh. Yeah, ninth. 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 Finishing in the top ten of the NASCAR championship, that's Paul Cotton there. That's nothing to snooze about. Yeah, but Kevin Harvick himself is not a a ninth-placed guy, you know? No, he's not, but he hasn't finished first every year either. No, but I think he's better. He he's a better driver and an athlete than what his team gave him the chance sure. to do. And, I, and, and, and Stuart you know, Haas is a better organization than when they put under him. And, right. And there's growing pains. And you know, Stuart Haas is the odd organization out this year. Next year it might be Penske. It might be Hendrick next year. Yeah. I mean, there's only sure. well, so much room at the top for so many people. Not everybody re- can be there. If you really think about it, it was Hendrick last year. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I mean, they did win the championship. Yes, so they did, but that was kind of crazy run though from from it, Elliott, right? Sure, yeah. But well, you're not gonna, you didn't see a crazy run like that from Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas. So just no. to put kind of a bow on how surprising the Stuart Haas season has been, um, going back to our preseason predictions, Chris, you had them picked for team of the year. We could probably still interpret them as worst team of the year. <laughs> I, as an organization, I had them picked to win the most races. We had Kevin Harvick picked as an individual driver to win the most races, lead the most laps. We all had him in our preseason Final Four. Like, so for how much they've struggled and for him to go out at this point, I think none of us would have expected this at the start of the year, obviously by our predictions. So that's pretty surprising. It's pretty surprising. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I am. All right. I mean, I'm at the first of the year to now. Through the year, I'm not surprised he's out. But obviously, at the beginning, yeah. I mean, if you'd have told me he yeah. obviously he was going out in the round of twelve, I'd been like, man, I don't think so. Yeah, it would have had to take a lot in my mind if yep. you told me that long ago. Okay, so let's let's talk about um, the last guy that went out. Our other consensus pick, Christopher Bell. Uh, you know, I think it was a pretty good season for Christopher Bell. All things considered, he got a win. I think he moved on further than anyone was expecting. Uh, we both had him out. In the, we all three of us had him out in the last round. He got through that last round and. Now he made it to this round, and he was, I mean, I, he f- finished 10th. It wasn't like he was, um, well, technically, I mean, he finished in front of two guys that were better than him all year, too, in Byron and Bowman. So I think he can be pretty happy with the season as a whole. Would you agree, Amos? Or Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if he if you'd have told Bell at the first of the year, hey, you're going to have a race win and have a potential finish top 10 standings of this year, I think he would have taken it and been very happy to see it. So, yeah, Christopher Bell's got a bright future ahead of him. He's just kind of a little. I mean, he's got to get the race experience. He's un, he's at a good organization. He's going to be a contender, but I think it's just not quite, you know, quote unquote, his time to be a NASCAR superstar and running for championships. Well, uh, what's your assessment of Christopher Bell's season, Chris? Well, I think he achieved way beyond anybody's expectations. Yeah. I really do. I mean, let's let's not forget he's a rookie this year. Well, in, in, in his big time car, right? Yeah. yeah right. I mean, well. Well, okay. did he run a full schedule last year no. with Levine? No, just a just a part time. But he's not considered. Oh, he might. 
he's not considered. Actually, a I think he did. I think he was right. Well, I think, I think he they was ran in up, the rookie of the year years. contention yeah, last right. year. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. But so the point is. Well, he's a young driver. This is his first t- year with a quote unquote big time team, right? right. And a two year driver sure. at best. I I think that he achieved far beyond any realistic expectations that anybody had for yeah, him. Yeah, I would agree. And I'd uh, I'd have to probably apologize to him too because coming into this season, I was I was pretty against him you being were in the ragging twenty. Ragging on him from the real from the yeah, start. Yeah, no, I was I was pretty mad that he well, replaced Eric Jones in that car, and I didn't like how that situation went down, and I thought Bell was not going to have a very good season. But I think he showed us why JGR made that decision to put him in that ride and and take out Eric Jones because at no point did Jones produce these types of results or have as much success as Christopher Bell had. I mean, even take away the win that he had this season, which Amos doesn't like to talk about, but even take away that win, he had more success this season than Jones did for a majority of his time in the 20. So I would agree with that. Yeah. Amos, you were going to say something there? Well, I think you can still agree that Christopher Bell had a good year. The way his they went about putting him in the car was still BS. So Oh, well, sure. But I think, like... Yeah, we were, we we're can not, agree we with that, but I would have on, to apologize to him personally for sure. being kind of negative about him. Sure, but well, I don't well, and I don't feel like we were trying to be mean or negative towards Chris Bell. It was just the situation in which he was caught up in. Right. So I mean, but Eric Jones still run good in the twenty. He made it to the chase. He was bounced early, yeah, sure, but, but th- this type know, of performance that Bell's put on, I think, has been more impressive in a shorter amount of time. So. Well, that's that's kind of my thoughts on it. But yeah, like I said, Chris Bell's got he's got talent. He's going to be running for championship. Well, that's, that's the thing. I, he's he's got real talent. I mean, yeah. it, I think it's apparent. All right, so uh, it does kind of suck. He's at JGR because not my favorite organization <laughs> there. So uh, let's talk about our picks here. Uh, alluded to some of them, but Chris, you choose the least correct amount of drivers cut. You got William Byron and excuse me, you got Alex Bowman and Christopher Bell. You missed on Brad Keselowski, which I can't believe he made it, and Joey Logano, who you picked to win every race. So that's kind of a weird pick you had there. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, me and Amos tied for three each. Uh, we both had Christopher Bell. We both had Alex Bowman. I had William Byron, and Amos had Kevin Harvick. We both missed on Keselowski. Um, I t- surprised Keselowski made it. Yeah, Amos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess we can start talking more kindly of him and maybe put him in somebody that in the category that we ought to start paying attention to what he's doing. But yeah, you, I don't know, you know I what think, he does. He spins out all the time, and yeah, I just I, think, just, I can't believe he made it. I can't either. So. And I think this next three is. I mean, obviously, it's another round that we're going to eliminate four. But <laughs> yeah. I just. I just don't feel like he's had the season that's deserving of a spot in the final four. So would we'll you see. agree, either of you, that he's actually the least deserving of the spot? I mean, that's rude to say in a lot of ways, but I feel like of the eight guys left, he is kind of the outlier in my mind. Because it feels like William Byron, even Alex Bowman, uh, even to a little lesser extent, um, someone like Kevin Harvick seems a little more deserving than. Kislowski to be in this position. Well, let's look at his body of work this year. Yeah. He's got a win. Sure. He has eight top fives. Okay. He has 14 top tens. That's you okay. know, yeah. 
He has uh, no D. Oh, wait a minute. He has two DNFs on, or wait, looking at the right one. No, three DNFs on the season. And those, I think, were super speedway DNFs, as I recall. Maybe. Well, he won Talladega, I, right? So. Did he win? He won the spring race. That was, in his, ta- that yeah. was his win. After he spun out his teammate and put him on his top. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> well, I mean, hell, Kozlowski could have won the first race of the year if he would have passed his teammate cleaner than he tried to. So I don't know. I just think Kozlowski's he's been getting lucky every round. I've picked him to go out since the very first round. I'm going to pick him again. I will be surprised if he if he advances makes to, it to if he the advances final four. to the four. I think I'm going to put money on him for the dark horse. Wow, be surprising. I <laughs> no way. I picked him last year to win it when he got to the final four, and he let me down very hard. So I ain't doing that again. Yeah, but so, you you hold a grudge. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Byron and Kislowski had similar years as far as finishes, their wet race wins kind of how the seasons went for him. I think his last key kind of flew under the radar because he was getting more attention based on the fact that he's going to be at Roush next year Yeah. than, say, his finishes or how he's raced. Um, I feel like there's been stretches of the season where they both just been garbage. They just have been 35 or worse. <laughs> and Byron's literally come at the worst time yeah, of the year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's where I was getting at. That's the difference is Byron's garbage time come at the tail end of the regular season, the start of the chase, yep. and Kozlowski was able to weather the mid part of the summer run and kind of not necessarily come into the chase with a bunch of momentum, but just enough experience to kind of just keep putting himself out there and keep getting a little bit of luck and moving on. And I mean, the guy's living on borrowed time in the chase, in my opinion. So <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't phrase it as – is he less deserving to have the spot versus any of the four that were eliminated? But I would say that he has definitely had more luck yeah. than any of the four that were eliminated. I mean, Harvick, his season, he shouldn't even made the round of 12. Yeah, you probably. Know, Bowman yeah. probably shouldn't have made the round of 12. Christopher Bell shouldn't have made the round of 12. Byron should have. Byron should be moving on into eight, in my opinion. But, you know, you kind of got to... Weather the storms, and Keselowski's just kind of doing a better job managing it and moving on. Well, I know you don't want to phrase it that way, but I will. So okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just uh, I'm surprised he's at this point. We'll see if he makes the next round. I, I mean, he's even got tracks he could potentially do well on here in these last three races before we hit that final championship race. So we'll see. We'll see what he can do. Um, all right. Our picks were Chase Elliott for Amos. He finished, oh, no, for me, sorry. He finished 12th. That was the first one off. Chris, you picked Joey Logano. He finished 7th. And, uh, Amos, you got it right, like we said earlier, with Kyle Larson in first. So we end, me and Amos both end this round with 10 points. Chris, you end this round with 7. That means the totals is Amos in the lead for the playoffs with 17. I'm at 15, and Chris, you're at 12. So everyone's still in contention here. Um, no, you're not. It's only a five-point deficit for you, Chris. You're still in this. So we'll make our picks for the next eight, uh, the next four cut in the round of eight, pick each race winner, and uh, accumulate our points throughout this last round until we get to the championship race. So, uh, Amos, you must be feeling confident, though. Yeah, I felt confident <laughs> the whole time. I told you, I'd just been toying with you guys. It's crunch oh. time now, baby. Mm-hmm. We're coming down in the final four. Championship's <laughs> on the horizon. It's uh, time to put the 
Put the pedal down. Like Smackdown on, on you fools. Hang on just a second. I got to go up and get my rubber boots. Because <laughs> wow. it's getting pretty deep in here. Okay, so does anyone else want to say anything about the Roval or the four guys cut? Um, obviously, we'll talk about the championship eight moving forward and, and talk about Texas more on the other side of the break. Well... Let's tie a bow on the roval and talk about penalties. Because no more roval. Oh, to penalties. Oh, because sorry. I think these have a impact on going forward. All right, let's hear him, Chris. Penalty okay. report. So Kyle Larson was the winner. No penalties. Yeah. Kyle Bush finished fourth. He had two loose lug nuts. Ooh, two. Ooh, that's not good. Twenty thousand dollar fine and one race crew chief suspension. Ooh. For Texas, too. That's, yes. that's not great. And then Hamlin and Busher each had a lug nut not safe and secure. No wonder Busher was up there. You. Oh, wow. So, anyway, I, I say I wanted to do that mm-hmm. because I think this affects our picks for Texas. All right. At least it does well, mine. Well, it doesn't uh, mine. But yeah, I was just thinking, yeah. I'm not going to no. pick Cowboys. But no, I, I think it's a great <laughs> point. I think Chris brings up a great point. I mean, you got to be firing. This goes back to what I said earlier in the show. You got to be firing on all cylinders. You can't, you can't be having any loose hands, loose lug nuts going into this last four races. You got to be, <laughs> and you got to have them horses running to the full capacity under that hood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fair enough. And and I made the comment early in the program until I read the penalty report that Kyle Busch didn't beat himself in this race. Well, apparently, he kind of did. Yeah, kind of did. All right. All right, Amos, you want to say anything? Nope. Let's do the break. No? Okay, let's go to break. All right, um, so when we come back, we'll talk about your championship eight. Um, and then to finish out the show, some next-gen testing that's kind of pissing a lot of drivers off. You're going to have to fill me in on that because I didn't see that. It's very interesting. We'll go We'll go see the article about it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back uh, a little shorter on the other segment here on the back half. So we'll be right back. Break. All right, welcome back. We are on NASCAR Talk here on Electric Sports Talk. That didn't really make no, much that grammatical didn't sound good sense. at all. Ah, it's okay. We'll roll with it. I don't think anyone has that high of expectations around here, so they just tune in for the NASCAR Talk. Not really grammatically correct sentences, right? Oh, you, you ought to listen to my wife critique our broadcast. Well, that's what we're here for. I tried to we talk her into setting me. in on this one for me because she was telling me everything I did wrong in the last one. So, well. That's that's why she's around, man. She's got to keep you in check. I guess. Right, Ems? Someone doesn't keep him in check. I can't. I give up. I'm <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> All right, let's talk about our top eight drivers. We'll look forward to Texas uh, expectations, picks, everything like that for this up and coming race. So we have at the top eight: Kyle Larson, Danny Hamlin, Martin Truex, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, Joey Logano, and Brad Keselowski. Uh, all right, give me the one driver on the list, Chris, of those eight that you feel most confident about in these next three races, if you had to pick one. Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. <laughs> okay. Mean, Tell it, us why. Yeah, I mean. Well, let's see. Seven wins, 17 top fives, 23 <laughs> top tens, two DNFs on the year. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty Did you pretty say 23 confident. top tens? 23 Holy top crap. tens. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, Amos, who of... Course, of Denny Hamlin's kind of matched him except in victories. So. Except in victories. That's yeah. right. Who of the top ten do you feel most confident about moving on to the next round? And you can't say Cutler's. Why not? Because Chris has already talked about it. So him I can only bit, name so. one of the top eight that I feel confident is going to move on to the next Yeah, the, yeah. 
But go with someone new here, huh? Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about Joey Logano. I can't, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's kind of a Joey Logano-esque championship run. So um, I think he's just kind of flying under the radar. He's producing the results he needs to. And I feel like the organization, if they need to and probably will have to, can step it up and put themselves in a spot to make a championship run. All right, so I feel pretty confident about saying that I think Chase Elliott will win one of these three races of the top eight. Um, obviously, I think Larson would win any of the races if he could. But I think these are three tracks that Elliott can have a lot of, uh, well, maybe not luck on, but he'll have some luck on at the end of the day and, and get some good results. So um, is there anything else you want to say about the top eight here, Chris? Well, my dark horse at this point in time, I think I talked about it, towards the end of the last segment is Brad Keselowski. Uh, and I, if he makes it to the next round? If or, he makes yeah, it to okay. the top four, Katie bar the door because it could could get wild. <laughs> Katie. <laughs> All right, uh, Amos, anyone else we haven't talked about that you want to talk about a little bit? Um, no. I mean, obviously, I think every, it's a consensus that Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin should be in the top four, mm-hmm. you know, just based on results and how well they've done in the championship. <clears throat> I think it, it, it's a pretty solid top eight. Yeah. I think for the most part, yeah. that's been probably your your best eight cars throughout the year. I mean, there's maybe an exception here and there as far as, say, Brad Kozlowski. I mean, <laughs> you know, if Brad Kozlowski was eighth, fine, whatever. I'm not going to argue if it, if it was William Byron. You know, same thing. I'm not going to argue either way. Yeah. But, I mean, really, your top seven is, is pretty much been the most consistent, the drivers through the year and who you would be say yeah i'm not surprised they won here or they should win and who you'd put money on if you were in vegas so all right so three jgr cars three pensy cars and two hendrick cars uh amos which of which of the three teams is most impressive to have that amount of cars here in your mind well i think we got to go with Penske on that. Yep. And if I if we went back and looked at the beginning of the season, I think I was pretty high on Penske and how well they do as an organization. So thus far, they've kind of been proving me right. I'm surprised Kozlowski's made it this far. I'm not obviously surprised about Logano. I think Blaney's maturing as a driver and kind of starting to put himself in a position where he can have a little better luck than what he's normally had. So, yeah, I mean... Penske, they're looking pretty good right now. All right, if you had to pick a team that one of the drivers would come from that wins it at the end of the day, who are you going to go with, Chris? Uh, I'm going to go with Hendrick. Hendrick? Yeah. I, Just because I of Kyle Larson or because well, Chase Elliott's also there? Let me make this point. Okay. The bottom five guys combined haven't led as many laps as Kyle Larson has this year. That's sad. <laughs> okay. So they, they've, they've led about 1,980-some-odd laps, the, yeah. the bottom five guys. Kyle Larson's led over 2,000. So only only Martin Truex is – well, so Martin Truex is out of that list because he would put him over the top, huh? Yeah. Wow, uh, that's pretty crazy stat. So what you're and, saying essentially is uh, it comes down to the top three guys. <laughs> well, and Denny Hamlin – I mean, he's he's only a paltry 1,397 laps led. Only. So m- my point is, is if you take, of the eight drivers, if you take the bottom six, yeah, they don't even come up to the level of laps led that Kyle Larson's had by himself. I mean, they do, but you know what I'm right. saying. For sure. I mean, the, the guy's dominated. 
Yeah. You know, he he's just absolutely dominated. And I got to tell you, boy, if he didn't win the championship, it's going to be a <laughs> you'd be surprised massive disappointment on the year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be fair unless it was to Denny Hamlin, right? I think that would be the only. Well, but but he's eclipsed Denny Hamlin in wins. Mm-hmm. He's tied with him for top fives and top tens, but it's the laps led. I mean, the guys right. just got out there and just beat the living crap out of him, you know? Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I think we all can all, we can all say we feel pretty confident about him to the next round. When it comes down to manufacturers, Amos, we got the Chevys with Hendrick, the Toyotas with JGR, and Penske's got the Fords. So it kind of seems like the best, quote-unquote, teams to represent each manufacturer have kind of got all their cars here. Um, what manufacturer has the best chance in these next three races to have a good showing in, in your mind? Uh, probably, well, probably Chevy. I I don't know. I feel That's like, hard. <laughs> well, I feel like at these next three races, like, I, I think Martinsville is kind of the outlier as far as what manufacturer performs the best at Martinsville. It's kind of its own little beast. You and that have, would be? You have your two mile-and-a-half tracks that are, pretty similar they're kind of what you would consider to be nascar's cookie cutters yeah cookie cutters cream of the crop yeah okay what kind of you know a majority of these guys that are in the top eight have raced on or cut their teeth on coming up through the ranks so i'm i guess i mean i'd probably want to put some numbers behind it i mean i guess i probably lean more towards chevy because hendrick chevy i you know just in general uh my driver's chevy but um I guess if you had to say it, yeah, I, I'm going to say Chevy. Okay. Um, chances someone not of these top eight wins one of these next three races, Amos? I think it's going to be pretty slim. I mean, there's there's always a possibility because what we had one, we had yeah. Bubba Wallace, Wallace, right, in the last round. It kind of seems like there's at least the last few years there's always been one non-playoff driver win one of the last ten races. I think going forward, this is the second go-round for most of these tracks. I feel like these guys, the top eight, have good information going into these tracks. So I would be surprised if a non-playoff guy wins. So, I, I mean, 15% or less chance for a non, non-playoff guy to win. All right. When it comes to all three of the tracks combined, Chris, who do you think like stacks up the best with all three tracks, who's going to have the best performances through the three races? Well, I hit. <laughs> I mean, if you look at his record this year, you'd have to go with Kyle Larson. However, yeah, not to beat that horse to death. Um, I think actually Martin Truex probably has the best overall performance on the three tracks coming up. All right, uh, Amos, any disagreement? Or add someone else to the list, maybe. Well, I think these three tracks suit a majority of guys. I think the margin of error is going to be pretty slim for these guys. I think um, Chase Elliott might be your kind of your the mile and a half guy. He's not. He he's he just doesn't quite stack up with Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Blaney on these mile and a halves. Um, I think his. But he does good in Texas, so... Yeah, he does. I mean, he does well at the mile and a half, but he's just not, like, Kyle Busch loves... He's mile and a half. She drives well. Denny, uh, Denny Hamlin, Martin Tricks. The JGR guys, they do well at mile and a half tracks. Yeah. Um, as a driver, and maybe, maybe it is their manufacturer. Maybe I should have said Toyota versus Chevy. You know, I think the margin's very slim, so... 
I, I don't I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys that can yeah. do well at these next three races. All right. So, uh, Chris, you want to ask anything to us? Anything I didn't already bring up? Well, you, you didn't ask my opinion on it. A non-chase driver winning one of the next three races. Yeah, sure. Let's hear it. Okay. So, I, I, this is Captain Obvious here, but if weather <laughs> doesn't play a factor... Okay. <laughs> in any of the next three races, I think the chances of a non-chase driver winning any of the next three races are zero or zero, less. Zero, not anyone. Z- zero or less. Okay, well, I asked that question because I think William Byron could win in Texas. Other than that, I think your top eight could will probably win all these races. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Chris doesn't think so. I give it a 15% chance. 15? It's pretty high, though. Fifteen percent. In all likelihood, fifteen. I take fifteen. <laughs> if you told me I'll give you fifteen percent, I'd take it. Okay. You got forty no, other I guys wouldn't. on the track, right? Fifteen. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. yeah, it's true. All right, um, Amos, you want to ask anything? Or say anything else about the top eight? Are Are any of us surprised that Kyle Larson is just drubbing everybody like he is? Um. Well, I don't know if we'd say he was drubbing people in the last round, though, right? Sure, but I'm just talking in general. Um, like yeah, over no, the I think, season. Okay, so if you would have said that this is how things would play out at the end of the year, Kyle Larson would be first. He would be the regular season champion at seven wins. He'd be in the pole position to win the whole thing. I probably wouldn't believe you because of everything that happened to him last year, and I wouldn't expect him to rebound so quickly. We know he has the talent to do what he's doing. Obviously, he's with the right organization to do what he's doing, but. No, I don't. I don't think I would have thought this at the beginning of the year. But when you had the context of the whole season, no. I mean, we. I figured he'd win a couple races, be in the chase. I didn't think he'd be in this position. So well, sure. when I look at how they came back in the Roval race to win it, yeah, from the difficulties they were having early in the race. I mean, right now they're world beaters. You know, they're yeah. They have a confidence level that's. I mean, it almost seems like that. But would you that have race that right there. No, like no, I first, Like I'm just saying, like oh, at the no. beginning we, we of the year, we finished like thirtieth no. at like, Daytona or something. Yeah, yeah but that, I'm like even before the season started. Like, w- did anybody pick Larson to be in the final four? So uh, actually, so um, I no, don't I don't think anyone picked him to be in the final. So that four. like that, I guess. But like, I would like to point out that you did pick him as your driver preseason driver of the year, and I think you're. you're content to the context to that was maybe not that he would be the best driver right but that he would rebound and have a great season and show us why he should be in the sport so no i don't think any of us expected him to be at this point right now right i mean maybe someone did but no i mean it's it's crazy to for him to do what he's doing is honestly crazy i mean chris you just brought up the stat how many top tens he's got right yeah that's insane that's absolutely insane like i said it's it's next level stuff i mean yeah I honestly, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, I can't think of anybody in the whole history of NASCAR that has dominated a season like Carl Lar- like Kyle Larson has dominated this season. I can't think of anybody in the whole history of NASCAR that's done that. Well, maybe not even Jimmy Johnson? No. No? No. Wow. That's impressive, then. I mean, in all honesty. Well, okay, so for Larson's first couple races of the year, right, 10th, in Daytona, 30th on the road course. We go to Miami, finishes fourth, but that's a pretty decent track for him. So I don't think anyone was freaking out at that point. We go to Las Vegas, and he wins. So let's go back to Vegas. When he won at Vegas, guys, were you like, oh, crap? Yes. There could be something going on here. I, I was. 
just simply okay. for the fact you go fourth win and you win in the fourth race of the year after taking basically half of the year, two thirds of the year off last yeah. year. Well, and, and not and, taking off, but being forced to well be off. Yeah, we're putting it mildly. <laughs> and then you know everything they had to endure through the year, and then just turn around and fourth car, fourth, fourth race back, new new team changes within the year. Yeah, once he won that, I was like, ooh, well, but then man, is this like yeah? We better start paying attention because this could get this could be the start right here after Vegas top ten in Phoenix. He goes to Atlanta, leads the most laps, gets second. Like it was, it was kind of those first two races. It was like uh, kind of working his way back, and then after that, it just took, it took off. So it's pretty crazy where he's at right now. All right, um, anything else to say, you two? We're gonna make our picks for who gets cut. You want to go on it. to that? Yeah. yeah. Amos is ready. Chris, you so. ready? Sure. All right, Chris, me. you're at the bottom of the totem pole here, so you get to go first. Who's your four drivers to be cut in the round of eight? I'm going to go with the top three as they exist, but I'm going to flip-flop Blaney and Kyle Busch. Wow. So basically... So you're taking no Penske drivers into the finals? No. All right, so uh, Chris is going to go with Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Chase Chase Elliott, Elliott, and Ryan Blaney. And Ryan Blaney to miss the cut. Man, that's sad. That's like all my favorite drivers in one group, (laughs) except for Keselowski. Sorry. Sorry. All right, so my four in order, Lugano, uh, not Lugano, Brad Kozlowski. So surprised he's still in this thing. Um, it's going to get real tough here, though, so decisions will have to be made. Feelings <laughs> <laughs> will be hurt. This is only an well, hour this long is, program. This is so where it kind of sucks. A little bit. I feel like there's one obvious guy, and then after that, all seven of them can win any of the races remaining and Who's your even win a guy? championship. Kozlowski, I mean... Oh. Oh, I don't know if that's Sure, he obvious. could still win in Texas. Well, he's the outlier of the group in my mind, so I got to put him first there. Oof. So this is tough. I'll go with, just because of recent form, Kyle Busch. And then uh, I'll probably have to go with my guy, Joey. I just don't know if he has enough. Like, I, you know, Amos, you're getting him into that next round. I just don't think he has enough. Um, and then I'll go with, then I'll probably go with Ryan Blaney. So what Shutting I got ski out yourself. Huh? I got final four, Kislowski, uh not Kislowski, uh Larson, Hamlin, Truex, and Elliot. I just see it hard. So obviously I see it hard to knock off Elliot or to knock off Hamlin or Larson. And that's probably just not gonna happen. Martin Truex has the best chance to win any of these next three races, maybe, out of all the drivers, especially the first two. And then Elliot, I think, can win in Martinsville, so I'll give him a better chance over everybody else. So, But I would probably be willing to switch Logano or Elliot or Logano or Martin Truex, depending on what happens. So <laughs> watch Blaney just walk in there and win Texas. That could happen. All right, yeah. Amos, who's your who's your uh, four through, five through eight? Okay, um, eight's going to be Kozlowski. The dude's just running on borrowed time. <laughs> Consensus. And even, even, <laughs> even Kozlowski kind of... Like, I heard a brief uh, run back of his interview post-race, and I think even he was kind of like, dude, we're, we're yeah, we made it. You're we're right. In. Like, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think even he kind of understands he's running on borrowed time. I feel like I don't think this is going to be – I think Blaney has a rough stretch. 
I just don't know that the 12 team can do it for 10 races. Two or three, sure. I just don't know if they're just quite – they're just not quite ready to just put that string together, consistent top – you know, repeated top tens, top fives, lead laps. He is a good mile-and-a-half racer. I don't really know how he, well he fares at Martinsville, but that I just kind of think the – the bad luck bug gets them guys. Bad luck bug gets them guys. Personally, with Blaney, I feel like if he doesn't win Texas or have a he good showing in Texas, he'll probably be toasty. Yeah, I kind I just kind of feel like Blaney's so. kind of the Martin or the the William Byron of this group right now. A little so, bit, yeah, a little bit. Um, he has the potential to win, but I just think it's gonna be hard for him to string it together. Um, <clears throat> I've not been as super high on Martin Truex as everybody else. Hmm. And even or tie. So I'm going to have to pick the 19. I just feel like, uh, sure, he's got some good races coming up. But, man, once they hit two or three wins, they just decide not to show up again until the chase. And uh, I think that's going to kind of come back and haunt them a little bit, in my opinion. And then I'm not going to – I I mean, obviously, Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin is our consensus for the top two. So three, four, five, you can take it. I wouldn't argue how the next three go, but my gut's just telling me that Kyle Busch is just – he's not necessarily going to beat himself, but I just feel like how he started the season, the lucky – he did have good luck through the middle part of the season, but then he's kind of kind of reverted back to that early season form. And so he's, he's Kyle Busch. He's always got to be – a person that you talk about winning any race, any racetrack, any condition. He's always there for the championship, but I just feel like their kind of woes that they had or are having is is going to kind of be a little harder for them to overcome in the next three. All right, so you're going to take Larson, Hamlin, Elliott, and Logano to the championship four. Yeah, right? and I mean, I you know, I've, that's kind of been my, in my mind, my content consensus top four. For the whole season. Yeah. Sure, Elliot and Logano have... Now, I mean, but I'm, I wouldn't argue with you, or I wouldn't be, like, wholeheartedly surprised if Bush jumps in and kicks out Harvick or uh, Logano or Elliot. You know, I think them three, you, you could even throw Truex into that group of four. They're just kind of just right there. Like, they, they come out, they have good runs, they hit a stretch of the race where the team pulls through and they get a good finish or they fall on their face and they're done. Yeah. So they just, they're just not having that, you know, every once in a while, every fourth, fifth, sixth race, they just fall flat. So if the, if three through five was Elliot Logano Bush, three through six was Truex. I, I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't be at all surprised how that goes out. The only two that would tip me over with a feather that don't, don't advance is Larson and Hamlin. Well, I would say if Hamlin wasn't having the chase that he's having, I like coming into the chase, I don't think I would have considered him a top four driver. You know, coming in, I would have probably had Logano instead of Hamlin. But the way things are going for me, Hamlin just has to be in. So uh, it's a tough choice when it comes down to the final five for me because I feel like you have your consensus too. You have Truex in my mind as probably maybe the third or type fourth type of guy. And then for me, Blaney. Elliot Bush, they're all very close, and Logano, like the top seven, it's just so hard <laughs> to even distinguish them. So, I think we all have good picks here for the most part. Consensus, um, mostly on two, right? Blaney and K 
Keselowski, and then a couple different picks throughout there. So we'll have to see how it goes. I mean, <laughs> you know, be an interesting. Uh, one set thing of I, w- I want to point out here, and this is kind of what drives kind of some of my picks as we're going in. I'm going to give you guys a little inside secret, okay? So oh, you have a chance, geez. right? Okay. <laughs> I don't always have the opportunity to listen to post race interviews, but I like to listen to them and see how the driver is feeling about the team in general. Okay. Truex Jr. His, he, his comment was, my car was garbage after the roll. <laughs> okay. And then that's a garbage track. Yeah. So of course it was. Sure. But then the, the, the interviewer, the, the, the reporter's like, well, how do you reset and move on to Texas? And, of course, he's going to say, well, that's easy. It's a new race. You start out. If your, pre-race inter- if your post-race interview in an elimination race is, my car was garbage, <laughs> that is not where you want to be going heading into the next round, right? Ah, no, so you're fine. If you're, if you're Larson, of course. Dude, we're kicking ass. We're moving on. Hamlin, <laughs> he's got he, – what bad could he say, you know? I love Chase Elliott's comments, and I know I'm a homer. Okay, I get it. But he's like, hey, you know what? We could have just give up. We could have fixed the car just enough to finish the race and then see how it played out. But we finished the car good enough to race our way back in and control our own destiny. Yep. You know? And and Logano, I just the kid is just I he's so fun. He would be fun to hang out with just on a personal basis because he's pretty chipper all the time. So you kind of just have to listen to how these guys are talking about their car and team of that race. It's going to kind of tell you how I feel like their outlook is for the next race too. Yep. All right. Fair enough. I mean, Take it or leave it, boys. But, hey, I'm the points leader right now, and I was the regular season winner. So, you know. <laughs> well, you know how I make my picks. I always look at the races and who could win, and then – I go with who's most likely to win, and it never works out for me because, <laughs> oh, man, I was on the Austin Dillon train forever. I was like, don't worry, he'll win Daytona, he'll win Daytona, and then he didn't, and I was like, yeah, so maybe I should change my strategy, but no, like, in my mind, the guys that I have in the next round are the two consensus and the two guys I think most likely to win races in this round because essentially, you win a race, you're in the next round no matter what. No ifs, ands, or buts. You win Texas, you wreck out in Kansas and Martinsville. It doesn't matter. Oh, geez, there goes my pen. So that's kind of how I'm framing my picks. Um, Chris, you want to explain anything on like the reasoning with your picks, or or do you not want to let us in your inside information here? Uh, I don't know that I can really explain a reasoning for my picks. I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at the stats, basing it on top fives, top tens, DNFs, laps led. And that's kind of where I came to. That's kind of where I came to the conclusion I came to. Yeah. And it doesn't really have anything to do with wins, but I got to tell you, when I look at the laps led that Kyle Larson's got on the season, it just—I mean—that's that's a hill that's awfully hard to climb. Well, he's had a couple of races this year too, where he's led the most laps and not won the race at the end of the day. So this is true. But could have even more. But listen to the kids' (laughs) post-race interview. Yeah. He's not. He's. And and I'm not dissing on Kyle Bush because I love his post race interviews because it's oh always like it's Dr. Jekyll, <laughs> Mr. Hyde with this guy. Like <laughs> one Boy, race, that's it's like no woo, kidding. and the next race, like Rrr! so. But like Kyle Larson, like he leads the most laps, he finishes second. The dude is is just as happy finishing second as he was if he won the race. Yeah, and and it's always his team. It's always he's grateful for the fans. He's grateful for the opportunity to be here. He's grateful for Mr. H. You know, and all this. 
And and I really don't think that it's just a generic statement. I think the kid is just genuinely loving what he's doing right now and loving the place he's in and is comfortable in his own skin. Yeah. You listen to Kevin Harvick, maybe 20 years in Cup has jaded him a little bit, mm. but he doesn't have that enthusiasm. You know, Kyle Busch has always been that way. Even when he won eight races and was the champion and dominating everybody, my car was garbage. We finished first. Well, yeah, but we could have had a better car, you know. So uh, I I don't know. I just. Well, it's such a contrast, Larson's attitude most of the time to, for example, Hamlin's attitude a lot of the times, you know. Hamlin's just very, uh, like, yeah. I feel like he's very serious all the time and he's just very, I don't know, like. You bring up the fact that Larson's always like, oh, we love the fans. I love the fans. Like, I'm glad you guys are here and everything. Man, when, when Hamlin gets interviewed, he doesn't talk about the fans. He hardly talks about anything like that. So I think him. the attitude at the end of the day makes your performances better, too, because the good attitude translates to good racing. It's just like well, any other sport, right? The other thing about Kyle Larson is, and I liken this back to a Toby Keith song, you know, how do you like me now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because everybody was ready to crucify the kid a year ago. Well, it's not everyone. I well, mean, sure. okay. But point. Not real NASCAR fans, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. So. Well, no, I agree with you. Yeah. But the point is, you know, it's like he's standing back and I, uh, literally to the mainstream media and he's just going, well, how do you like me now? now the know? mainstream media loves this guy. I tell you what. All right. Uh, let's oh, make yeah. our picks for Texas unless anyone else wants to. Make any more comments about our projected cuts or the potential top four that we've kind of mapped out here. Chris, move on. Amos? Yeah, let's move on, baby. Amos is like walking up the stairs already. He's ready to get out no, of here. No, I'm not. I just... All right, Chris, make your pick for Texas winner. You got the first honors. I'm going to go ahead and take a flyer here and pick Martin Truex to oh. win in Texas. Hey, look at this. I almost think that you're trying to lose sometimes. You know that? He's got to win to advance to the Final Four. All right, I'll take the no-brainer. Won the All-Star race, won the big money race here earlier. Um, momentum from the last race will be good for him. So Kyle Larson secures his spot. I mean, okay, so he's got a 42-point lead already. Let's not forget about that. So he can have another bad race, bad finish or whatever, and still be fine. Um, but I think he'll lock up his spot right here in Texas. Amos. Okay. I am going to preface this with saying this pains me to say this <laughs> so very much. I know who he's okay. going to pick. Oh, no. But, well, there's two choices when he says this stuff. But we we have to kind of <laughs> look at the, as Chris likes to say, body of work in the chase and just kind of how things have been working out for the guy, the season he's had. <sighs> oh, no. And I'm strictly doing this because I'm in it for for the points, for the long haul. Denny Hamlin. Wins the race. Oh, moves wow. on. That wasn't yeah. who I was expecting you to no, say. This, this no, was harsh, man. This was all right. tough for me. So to he say. didn't have a very good all star race. Does that, fa- obviously, that doesn't factor into your decision, though? Um, no, it just factors into my decision. He won the first race of the chase, he won the first race of the last round. He's running well. He'll win this run. He's going to get to the top four. I have him picked. And then he'll show us, as Chris says, a new way to lose. I really, but, I really hope he doesn't. I, look, I'm like not, we I all don't picked him for into the, guy. the next round, but I do not like. Yeah. I don't want him in the next round. Sure, that's and I'm sure. not saying I am. That, that's why I, I preface this. Yeah, no, I know. Put such painstaking <laughs> reality, but 
you know, it just it just kind of the way it is. So no, I think uh, I think it's pretty fair. You know, I don't think he's the most popular guy with a lot of fans. I don't think it's just us. But the way he's been racing in the chase, and it's like I said earlier, I didn't have him pegged to be in the position he's in when we started this chase system or this chase playoff races. But, uh, yeah, the performances are hard to deny. But, no, I don't think he does as good at Texas as probably Kansas Sure, for me, I, so. I agree. But, you know, but I will say You're this. going with the pattern then. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Well, and like I say, you can't I, – I, I like Martin Truex. I, I, I think he's a great guy. But you can't say your car was garbage. And then the next question turn around and be like, well, how do you reset for next week? Oh, it's easy. N- no, in your mind, you've already got a little bit of doubt knowing that this car was garbage. So what the hell is going to happen next week? So, um, but having said that, I think we all made some good picks. Well, hell, uh, give me Larson and Texas and Truex and Kansas and Elliott and Martinsville. And I think that is your winners. And that's moving on. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm, I am cheering against Hamlin, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. All right, um, let's finish up on this real quick before we get out of here. Uh, testing with the next-gen car was at the Roval after the races this weekend. Um, reportedly didn't go very well. Steering problems, securing bolts in the steering wheel or something coming loose. I don't think that's, like, a, a good thing. So this adds to the list of problems that we've been – seen or hearing about from the next gen car chris um and more concerns what does it make you think well nascar's kind of painted themselves in the corner on this next gen car i mean they they've said it was supposed to be out in 2021 covid you know the whole world situation the uh, world yeah affected <laughs> the <that>. world happened <laughs> but the thing that's shaken me up about this next gen car is i i saw an article or heard it on the radio i can't remember which but the manufacturer of the chassis, and they've they've picked a single manufacturer of the chassis, uh, you know, has to get them certified. They basically told NASCAR, look, if we pile up 14 cars at Daytona on the opening race, we're not going to guarantee we can provide enough chassis for the next race. And so, you know, that's telling me that there's a lot of holes in this program that NASCAR's dreamed up for this next-gen car. So this brings up the question, Amos, and I want to get your opinion. Um, are we going to see the next-gen car next year? Like, I mean, I know we're going to already push it off a year. We could see another yeah, year. Yeah, we're going to huh? see it next year. Okay. So what, Daytona's going to be mid-February? Yeah. Um, Gives you five We're in the middle months. of October. NASCAR's got the probably some of the brightest engineers in the country, world, possibly. Um the only thing I see being a major crunch is, say, a supply issue for a particular part because, obviously, yeah, it's yeah. going to be new. We're, we're not going to be able to make our own or, or whatever. We're not building our own chassis, hanging our own bodies, whatever. So um, I see that maybe being something that NASCAR and the teams have to deal with, but just kind of going based off what how NASCAR runs, the sanctioning body of NASCAR runs them. The, NASCAR, they're, it's going to roll out. You're going to see it in the Coliseum for the, <laughs> what, uh, what is you it, had the to remind clash us. or whatever they call it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but I feel like it's going to be there with the stamp of approval from the teams and the drivers. Stamp of approval. Well, there are pl- problems to fix, and I also saw an article they were talking about, um, well, Chris brought this up a little bit ago, the crash test dummies, and they all died in the in the crash tests. And, and I guess they've been making improvements based on the results of those tests, which we jokingly talked about how that's not a good look. Um, you know, you don't want your, d- your drivers dying in these cars. I mean, I think that's obvious. But 
I think the steps will be made and, and it'll probably work out itself out. So we'll see. I mean, obviously NASCAR's not going to put something on the track that's not safe, right? I like agree. at the end of the for day, sure. they'll put something out there that's safe and, and suitable for everybody, like you said. All right. Um, anything else to add? Closing thoughts, Chris? What time is the race this Sunday? All right, perfect. Well, I was going to bring that up. Um, NBC is going to have the race this Sunday. Wow. I mean, oh, I know. It's amazing. Uh, NBC, it's at 2 Eastern time at 12 Mountain here locally. So your defending champions, Kyle Busch from last season. So we'll see how it goes. Um, But, yeah, it's on NBC. Amos, your closing thoughts? Um, So really kind of weird. Last three races of the last round, I feel like. Yeah. Lots okay, of, con- you know, there was some twists and turns that I don't think any of us seen coming. So I feel like that's, there's going to be a wrench thrown somewhere in the yeah. next three. It, But nonetheless, I feel like NASCAR's providing a good, a good show for everybody. And I'm really excited to see how the next four races go. Yeah. And, uh, and how uh, the points shake out for <laughs> our personal the rest points. Of this. Okay. So yeah, I see. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited to watch it. I don't know how much <laughs> of the next three we're gonna get to see. Kind of the time of year is hard for some of us, but uh, and yeah. I'm very excited for the season finale because we're gonna be watching it live. Baby. Yeah. Woo! Chris has said he, he if his guy wins, Kyle Busch wins, he'll be storming the track. Which I don't know how that'll go for him, but <laughs> I'd love to see it. I don't so. even know where we're sitting at that Storm track. Storming the track. <laughs> uh, we're kind of sitting towards... Yeah, anyways. Yeah, you know. What, I don't need no, this. No, anyway, I really it, don't. We can, so my closing thoughts are Texas... How far are we from the starting line? I don't know. We'll look. You will not make it past the first three steps, so it's okay. Okay. Well, Ooh. that's what I was kind of getting at. <laughs> All right. So, we're not right on my... the start finish. <laughs> no, wait we're a not. That's, How that's many true. rows do I have to walk up once we get there? Enough. You can make it up the rows. Don't okay. worry. Enough that you can see the track. How about that? Uh, my final thoughts would be that I'm actually glad to get back to more cookie cutter type of races. I mean, I know people <sighs> kind of get bored of the mile and a half or whatever, but for me, that's the real heart and soul in NASCAR, and that's what I like to watch more than the road courses and. And Talladega at the end of the day. I like Daytona, not as much as uh, Talladega. So, or not, I don't like Talladega as much. So I'm actually excited to go back to Texas and Kansas. And we, you know, we haven't been to Kansas this this year. So I think it's going to be some fun races. I think uh, some, some drama is going to happen for sure. And uh, I'll cross my fingers that I'll be proved wrong by my guy here. Joey Logano gets to the next round. So, all right, that's all we got. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll talk about the Texas race. We'll talk about who's in the bottom four. Uh, Just a quick reminder, you get points for every time your guy's in the bottom four every weekend. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll recap it all next week. So have a good rest of your day, guys. Enjoy the race. Remember, 2 Eastern on NBC, Texas. All right, see ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.